everyone knows the Dollar Shave Club ships amazing razors for just a few bucks. I've been a member for a while now. I really love the shave I get. The quality of the products that they send me is really second to none. I've highly recommended it here. What you might not know, I sure didn't, is that the Dollar Shave Club also has uh, products like body wash and shampoo and hair gel for those of you still lucky enough to have hair, lip balm, all that stuff. And as soon as I heard Dollar Shave Club had that, you know, I was pretty pleased because I never know what to buy at the store. There's a lot to choose from. Even for men's products, there's a lot to choose from, and it's it's impossible to sort of discern that. So if you're like me, I, I was really pleased that that Dollar Shave Club had it because I know the quality I'm getting. I know that I'm getting it at a very reasonable price, and I know that I'm getting it in the mail without the hassle of going to the pharmacy or the department store or anything like that. And right now, for friends of the Onside Kick Family Hour, that's you. You can get a really good deal on this stuff. I mean, they're pretty much giving it away. So for $5, you'll get a starter set with the Executive Razor and trial-sized versions of the three most popular products that they sell. You get the shave butter, you get body wash, and you get the One Wipe Charlie's wipes, which are good, and you can use them for, well, you can use them for a lot of things. I'll just put it that way. Um, This is a family show, after all. Uh, but yeah, so you should sign up for that. It's a good deal. I, I would really encourage you to try it. Um, and right now you can get this special offer if you go to dollarshaveclub.com slash onsidekick. $5 starter set, all those things. dollarshaveclub.com on slash onsidekick. Sign up, get the stuff, you'll be hooked. I can't recommend it enough. Oh, and welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Biver. With me, as always, Stephen White. Hey, Stephen, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? I, you know, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You know what is one week from today? That's, uh, hmm. It's next Thursday. Well, me, I know, that's crazy, let me check, right? Yes, it's a Thursday, and <laughs> there's something important going on. I need to check my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, my memory bad in a way. The numbers oh, twenty-eight to three think... come to mind. I don't. Yeah, I, I could it be the football season is finally starting? I. What are we gonna do? I just like it. It feels like this has been the longest damn summer in history. It really Pro- does. Probably I for mean... a lot of other reasons, but you know, <laughs> neither here nor there. They like. <laughs> Damn, is this still August? <laughs> like it seems like the longest month ever. I so it's, yeah, it, it's it's amazing. It's like but, every you know, day it'll be your next week. day. But yeah, next week, and we've got to put up with just one more round of preseason games tonight, and then we're through the looking glass, so to speak. And of course, uh, we're going to be short one game. Uh, the people of Houston down there dealing with uh, the after effects of Hurricane Harvey, and they they canceled the game so uh, those guys, those players, could go back and check on their family and stuff like that. And uh, of course, we want to send our thoughts and prayers out to them. Um, and of course, you know that's so much bigger than yeah. any game, let alone a fourth preseason game. So yeah. I'm glad that the NFL stepped up and made the right decision. Yeah, and it sounds like there's still some deliberation too for the week one game because I know the the Jacksonville is supposed to be in Houston uh, on Sunday, uh, the tenth for week one. So 
I mean, the way they're talking about the after effects of that storm makes you wonder if they're going to be able to play in Houston at all this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's real, real bad. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's... And, and, it, and it's still going on. It's still an ongoing thing. They're still getting rain. Yeah. So, uh, and they say next week there's forecast for more rain. Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, the scope of this thing, it'll take a while for us to really get our our uh, our mind wrapped around the enormity of uh, the situation down there. Thankfully, everybody's chipping in. You know, J.J. Uh, Watt has that had that uh, fundraiser. He started off just trying to get two hundred thousand dollars of relief, and the last I checked, I think <laughs> he raised over ten million dollars. Yeah, that, that's great. You know, everybody's kind of pitching in, uh, but it it just you know the 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 fact of the matter is, I don't see how you could possibly play there in the next month or so. When you look at uh, pictures of freeways looking like a lake you know looking like Mm -hmm. a a body of water and so uh it'll be interesting to see how they go about the logistics of this season and uh what kind of accommodation the nfl makes for them yeah yeah those pictures of the interstate it's just devastating i mean like you know that's they look like a river i mean it's just they're covered completely that's a big old city too, and and to close some of those having to close those kind of roads to get around it makes it you know it makes you wonder. We'll see what happens. Uh, Stephen, uh, you know what we had a we've had a trade. There's been a lot of trade talk this week, like more trade talk than I remember in. And now I will admit it. I'll I'll be right out front and say my memory is not the best in the world, but it's uh it seems like there's more trade talk at least and maybe some more trades even on sort of the lower level end of the trade scale but like a a a little more activity um with trade talk this year than there has been in past years i think the timing of it is what what is kind of new yeah so many of these trades happening during training camp whereas normally you you expect those trades to come maybe during the trade deadline or something like that uh but uh, uh, you know, it, it, some of them are pretty apparent that, you know, why the teams did what they uh, did, why they pulled the trigger on, on the move. Some of them are a little bit more, um, you know, uh, confusing, I would say. I'm still not sure why you trade away Sammy Watkins if you're Buffalo, but, you know, more yeah. power to you. Um but, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are getting traded. Some of them, you don't even really know their names. They're, they're not necessarily top-tier guys per se. They just kind of feel the need. Uh, the the trade with the Jets, uh, they got rid of a couple of their secondary people uh, in the last week to, to pick up. Uh, you know, I think they, were, they picked up some people on offense. But mm-hmm. Dexter McDougal is a guy that got traded, and he probably was going to get cut by the Jets anyway. Yeah. So I think a lot of these trades are just guys who are going to cut, maybe on the bubble anyway, and just trying to see if you could get something from another team where he might actually make the team. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it just it does seem like there's more activity in the preseason than I'm used to seeing. Yeah. Yo, that's kind of what happened today. Was like I mean, literally about a, a five minutes before we 
jumped on the phone to record this, the Lions traded uh, guard Lake and Tom Tomlinson to the 49ers for a fifth rounder, a 2019 fifth rounder. And, you know, that Tomlinson was a 28th overall pick two years ago in the draft. And, you know, he wasn't, he was maybe second or third on the depth chart so far this year in Detroit. So, you know, kind of like you said, that's a guy that was probably probably going to get cut anyway. He didn't fit with the team anymore. So, you know, they got a pick out of him at least if you're a Lions fan. Right, because uh, I saw some Lions beat writers were a little bit surprised that they did get a fifth rounder for him, even though it is uh, two years away. Yeah. Um, just because he would, he didn't really fit in there anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so you just figure that they were going to release him. But a lot of times these trades come up because uh, somebody wants him. They don't, you know, but they don't want him on the open market. You know, he doesn't want. Uh, they don't want Lake and Tomlinson having the ability to negotiate with some other team and get a better deal. So yeah. uh, if they think that he's going to hit the waiver wire or what have you and they don't think they'll get the first dibs on them. They just go ahead and pull the trigger on a, a trade of a you know, fifth-round draft pick two years from now. Who cares about that, right? Yeah. You, just, you never know what that fifth-round pick can turn into, but you know that for right now you might need a left guard or a right guard, and Thomason might feel a need. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it just uh, – I'm kind of surprised that they gave up that much for him because I didn't think that would be that much for a mar- of a market for him if he did get released, but – uh, I can see why they did it. Yeah, I, they just wanted to make sure that they got him. I suppose. Yeah. I, you know, the other trade. Uh, that's that's two top one hundred picks that have been dealt in the last what forty eight hours or so, or this week, because the Reggie Ragland trade from the Bills to the Chiefs. Now, I don't think Ragland had yet to play a snap for the bills right he was hurt all the last uh, season um but i I think he just was from what i can tell he was just uh a victim of the change in coaching staff because Mm -hmm. of course rex ryan ran that three four defense and he's a kind of prototypical thumper middle linebacker type not necessarily a a pass coverage guy and and he'd been hurt and they transitioned to a four three uh, this all season with the new coaching staff, yeah, and he didn't necessarily fit in as well anymore. So uh, now he's with I think the Chiefs, right? Yeah, uh, back to a three-four defense. Uh, they already have their middle linebackers kind of set, but now he's still not a hundred percent. They say coming off of I think it was a knee injury, mm-hmm. so uh, that gives him time to sit and learn, and then you know maybe take another almost redshirt year this year get him on special teams a little bit just to get him worked in. And then by next year, he might be uh, pushing for a starting job. So I think that's another situation where uh, they probably were going to re- release him anyway. Mm-hmm. But for him, I think that there are a lot of worse places he could have gone than ended up in Kansas City. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's an interesting move for the Chiefs because, you know, obviously Derek Johnson's – well, they have, you know, is there – main middle linebacker main man in the middle there but uh you know i'm not without having looking at the contract stuff right in front of me i just it's a good uh you know that's a good depth move for kansas city there kansas city's kind of all in it seems like this season like they've traded away a lot of draft picks they're they seem to be doubling down on 28 2017 here 
Well, I, I think uh, to a certain extent, they're, they're saying that window, that Alex Smith window, starting to close. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why they go out and draft Mahomes. And that's why they also start, you know, kind of like you said, pushing their chips in for this year. Yeah. Uh, they didn't necessarily need Reggie Ragland, but he would be a nice guy to have when you have a guy like Derrick Johnson, who's such a good player, but yeah. has been hurt lately. I think he uh, tore his Achilles last year or something like that. So, um, yeah, and when Derrick Johnson's not in there, uh, there's a noticeable drop off on defense, of course. So if you can get a guy like Reggie Ragland and have him be that insurance, uh, especially heading into the playoffs at the end of the season, uh, you, uh, if you're trying to win this year, that's something that you do. And so I, I've noticed the same thing that you noticed. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they can pull it off this season and if they can't, what that means for the franchise going yeah. forward. Because you know, if you can't get it done with these moves they're making this year, uh, you know, I'm not sure how many more years Alex Smith has as far as a window to get them to a championship. Yeah, for sure. And 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 how soon they're going to want Mahomes to take over too? Because it's like, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, it's an interesting situation there. Because I just it just and I just realized too they traded another draft pick to get Cam Irving, which is probably more of a depth move than anything else, but. If you've seen Irving play at all this preseason, <laughs> what? Say that one more time. I was just gonna say if you've seen Irving play at all this preseason, Kansas City got him. Cam Irving. Yeah, uh, I mean that's yeah. sheer uh, depth right there. Looks just like he did the rest of the time he was there. <laughs> just he's not very good, you know. And, and I made that point in his draft profile. Uh, he's a guy that is versatile. But he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type. Yeah. And it's funny, uh, when he got traded, uh, the the Browns fans started doing all these gifts of him getting run over and, and blasted <laughs> and stuff uh, and tweeting them at Chiefs fans that they knew so they could, so they could know what to expect from him. Um, but I, I'm not exactly sure what they saw on his tape that made him Somebody they want to go after. Maybe it's just the fact that he's so versatile and can play uh, up and down the line, which yeah. is a very useful guy to have on game day when you have that, uh, you know, the game day roster being different from the regular roster, what have you. Um, so I think that's it. But, man, that guy has not looked good since he's gotten to the league. Yeah. No, not at all. And then for a first-round pick, too, you know, it's just a – Cleveland can't afford to be missing on those first round picks. Hey, another transaction I think was kind of a big one this week that a lot of people were sort of surprised by was the uh, Cleveland. They tried to trade him, didn't find a lot of interest on the trade market, probably with the contract situation. But uh, Joe Hayden gone in Cleveland. Yeah, um, I think it was probably a more predictable situation than then a lot of us wanted to admit his play has fallen off a little bit. He's been injured a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we know that in Cleveland they're going with the youth movement. And so when you have an older guy who's got this big contract and he's not really balling right now, you know, you look for more assets. Yeah. And, and that's what they did. So, oh, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't find a taker. So they end up having to release him, but uh, I think they were just trying to 
kind of uh, cut their losses and go in a different direction. Uh, and now for the Steelers, I think, look, you just got a gift dropped into your yeah. your, your lap. Um, I, I already thought that their team looked very formidable for this year, especially if Le'Veon Bell can get acclimated very quickly, mm-hmm. and I think he will. Um, but, you know, you, you add a guy like like Hayden, he doesn't have to be a superstar. No. Um, because they haven't had really any superstars uh, at corner at <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh in quite a while. Yeah. But uh, I think he's a guy that, that can make some plays for him. He still has a nose for the football a little bit. They just – I don't think they'll have to lean on him, which means less reps, which means less wear and tear on his body. And hopefully with uh, uh, the lower workload, he can stay healthy the whole season. Mm-hmm. And if he does, I, I just think that he's going to be a, a perfect acquisition for them. I think for him, it's a no-brainer. One, <laughs> you get to go to your division rival yeah. and then show them <laughs> twice a year what they're missing. And two, it's a winning – you're going from a very much losing franchise historically yeah. to a very much winning franchise historically. Yeah. What, what, what could you, you know, what's better than that? It's right up the road. So I think for, for all parties involved, it made sense, but you know, that that's the route that, that the Browns are going right now. And, and we know it's going to take a while for them to get back to where they can be competitive. Yeah. If ever. Yeah, for sure. Now, it's interesting. The Steelers, to me, are an interesting team to watch this year because, I mean, the AFC landscape is sort of like the Patriots and everybody else. But, like, the Steelers are one of the, you know, handful of teams in the AFC, I think, that have a legitimate, the most legitimate shot, maybe, to kind of challenge the Patriots this year. Well, they have some question marks, of course, uh, with Le'Veon Bell yeah. and, and if he's going to be back uh, uh, to 100% with uh, Martavis Bryant. Can he get fully reinstated and, and keep his nose clean? Yeah. Uh, the quarterback who was thinking about retirement early on this offseason, is he going to be locked in the whole season? And, of course, that defense, which has kind of been, you know, they've had some players uh, over there, but – one, they still they still struggle to mount a pass rush from their outside guys. I mean, they're still <laughs> relying on uh, 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 James Harrison, <laughs> yeah. almost my. Uh, so they're going to need to do better there, and, and, and I think they will. I think that they have kind of they've gotten to a point where this is a very good team from top to bottom. Yeah, um, I think that Bud Dupree is still coming on. Maybe he can finally be that guy that steps up and has a bunch of sacks out of the young guys that they have. They get this guy, T.J. Watt. Name sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Has looked pretty good in the preseason so far, so who knows? Um, and, and, and you know, those interior guys, man, <laughs> they got some some heat inside with, with Cam Hayward and and uh, Stephon Tewitt. Yeah. And then Javon Hargrave, who was a steal, uh, and it just keeps getting better. Um, I, I, look, you add Joe Hayden into the mix in, 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 in the secondary. Uh, you got Artie Burns, who was a first-round pick. You got him starting on one side. And yeah. uh, you got Ross Cockrell or, or William Gale on the other. You add in Joe Hayden, and then you ha- it, you certainly haven't made your secondary any worse. Yeah. Right? 
you have at least upgraded a little bit. So, you know, why not the Steelers? Yeah. Why not the Steelers in a year where you look around <laughs> their division? The Browns, like I said, they're still probably a year or two away from being competitive for the division. The Ravens, question marks about their quarterback, whether he'll be healthy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the Bengals, they're the Bengals. So who knows? Maybe they'll be good. <laughs> you know, uh, is, I think he got his suspension lowered from five games to three games. Which, yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, but it's still three games, and that could be the, the difference between winning the division and crown and not, it's kind of set up for the Steelers to win the division in sort of convincing fa- uh, fashion and be looking at a bye going into the playoffs. Yeah. And so, like I said, they do have question marks. There's no doubt about that. But if these guys play up to the potential that we've seen in them before this year, hey, why not them? Yeah, no, why, why, so. why can't they be the team to knock off the Patriots this year? Yeah, very much so. And I think really the only, like, I mean, I'd feel better saying that about Houston just because of, like, I mean, obviously they have the horses on defense in Houston to do that. But, like, I you know, the the the, the offensive situation in Houston you, worry, you wonder a little bit about. And then, like, the, we talked about Kansas City a little bit earlier, but, like, the AFC West is, you know, probably Kansas city and Oakland are the best two teams in there, but you know, Denver and San Diego aren't bad by any stretch of the imagination either. So I think, you know, maybe one of those teams can give them a run too. And the other, I guess the other question I have with the Patriots is sort of like how much the Edelman injury affects it. Obviously like the Patriots have a lot, I mean, more, talent at wide receiver than they've had what since you know the randy moss year so i mean even without edelman it's still a group of skill position players in new england that most teams would you know bend over backwards to try to have but uh you know you, you do wonder a little bit about edelman because he's just always been sort of the like you know he plays such an essential role in that offense but But well, I don't want to overestimate thing, it either, you know. Yeah, the biggest thing is, uh, like Welker before him, Edelman has the supreme confidence of Tom Brady. Yeah. And so whereas if Brady looks out and there's another guy running the route, he might not throw the ball to him because he doesn't trust him to make a play for him. He's going to throw that ball to Edelman nine times out of ten. Yeah. And when you have a guy that you know he's going to be where he's supposed to be or he's going to be where – where you think he's supposed to be, y'all are on the same page that way, uh, it's hard to replicate that mm-hmm. when that guy goes out. But they do have a lot of talent. They have a bunch of talented guys. Brandon Cooks, man, uh, when when they acquired Brandon Cooks, I think some people kind of wondered where he would fit on that offense anyway. But because they already had a guy like Edelman and they're kind of the same size or what have you, uh, but Brandon Cooks is a little bit different. He's more of a deep threat guy too, yeah. even, a, even though he's shorter. Um, but you know, look, <laughs> you couldn't have scripted it better for them to have him uh, as a backup plan for for Edelman going out. I mean, who does that? Who has a guy <laughs> uh, so good that he can step in and be uh, maybe an upgrade in some respects? Yeah. To a guy like Edelman going down, you know, now he he's going to be a guy that can help you push the ball down the field a little bit too, a little bit more than Edelman. So, uh, and, and of course, we we know they got Gronk. 
Mike Gillisley, uh, I think is gonna he's my breakout player for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna score a lot of touchdowns for them this year. Uh in that uh power back role, in that lead back role. So and he does everything well. He catches the football well, he uh you know, runs routes well, blitz pickup, all of that good stuff. So he he's kinda gonna step in for LeGarrette Blunt, the role that LeGarrette Blunt uh played. Uh and I think he'll do a, a great job at it. So Of course, you'd rather have Edelman out there. Yeah. But I don't think it's the crushing blow that it maybe would have been last year. Yeah. Because if this happens last season, I don't think there's any chance of hell that they go to the Super Bowl. No, for sure. Well, and, you know, they they lost Gronk last year, too. And, like, by all accounts, Gronk is healthy and, and, you know, ready to play. I mean, shit, they won the Super Bowl without Rob Gronkowski. And Rob Gronkowski is a pretty good football player. Right, and, and and as as fortunes will have it, they already had Martellus Bennett. It's yeah. almost like they can see in the future. It's right? I, and <laughs> some kind of way they, they, they plan for the future even when the future is now. Yeah. They're, they're uh, probably so secretly out. taping the future right now as we speak. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> They've got Gene Gray working in the front office for him now and they're just the Phoenix rising right into the the Patriots, that's the newest way to cheat there, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we had a bit, anyway, we had a, he, I, for some reason, all the the season preview stuff boiled into a debate over Marvel versus DC movies in our SB Nation Slack this morning. I think everyone needed a break from combing over the design and edits and all that other stuff. So it was a, it was a spirited debate, but like that made me think of the Patriots using some X-Men powers to, to cheat there. So, uh. I, I wouldn't put it past them. I'm just saying. Hey, listen, if there's a way to cheat, to cheat, they're going to find out, right? So, <laughs> and they're usually going to be a couple years ahead of everybody else. Yeah, so. exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I know. wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't put it past them using some, uh-uh. some mutants to, to, to get a leg up. <laughs> that, that's their version of analytics. <laughs> <laughs> Cerebro. <laughs> Um, oh man. Oh, uh, let's see. What what else is happening in the NFL world this week? Oh, I know what happened. We have a new highest paid player, Matthew Stafford in Detroit. Which Choo-choo! isn't really surprising. I mean, he was the next quarterback to get a contract and usually the next quarter the next franchise quarterback to sign the a contract is usually the next highest player. I do wonder a little bit about Detroit. Like, you know, we mentioned obviously Lake and Tomlinson wasn't a factor for them on their offensive line this year. But like, I mean, when I see Greg, and then maybe this is just my own experience as a Rams fan, but when I see Greg Robinson penciled in at left tackle on the depth chart, I'm a little, if I'm a Lions fan, I'm a little concerned there. Yeah, I think you have to be. And I'm a guy who picked Greg Robinson to be a breakout player last season. And I was wrong. (laughs) Okay. So just learn from my mistake. Uh, He's a guy that's going to look good walking off the bus. That's for sure. You get him on the field and not so much early on in his career, at least. Uh, Now they say that he's playing better. Yeah. since Since he's gotten to Detroit. And needless to say, he couldn't have played much worse. That's for sure. So uh, I'm not sure how low that bar is that he's just playing better. Um, and, and 
it's hard to know during the preseason anyway because, look, if you're offensive lineman, right? Yeah. You, you can play good the whole game and one play mess up the whole game for you. You know, you can you can look good for three quarters and then all of a sudden you give up a sack and cause fumble and your team loses. Nobody remembers those other plays where you blocked the guy, right? And so it's hard to know from a preseason game where a guy doesn't play the whole game how that's going to uh, extrapolate to the rest of the season. Look, uh, no offensive tackle gets beat every play or even every third play. Yeah, uh, Guys look good. Even the worst offensive tackle probably looks decent about half the game, at least. Mm -hmm. But it's just, you know, those one or two or three plays where you get beat, and that's the only thing that people remember. And so Greg Robinson, maybe he is playing better. Maybe he's fool's gold. But if you look at his film from previous years, it's hard to believe that he's made some kind of huge turnaround all of a sudden. Yeah. Now, it, it, more power to him if he, if he has, but he has been pretty consistently bad as far as you know those one or two plays during during a game. He, he's always given up that one or two play a game that makes everybody say he's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we, we'll see. And 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 you you paid Stafford that much money. You you like to see him actually be able to to play the whole season and not get you know smashed into the ground from his backside every play. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we'll see. Uh, that team though, it, it, it's kind of over. It, it kind of overachieved last year. Uh, they've added some 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 good talent. Maybe if a guy like Amir Abdullah can finally stay healthy. Their offense will be even better, um, but you know Greg Robinson wasn't supposed to be the left tackle. Of course, uh, the starting left tackle uh, guy ends up getting hurt, like on IR. He hurt his shoulder. Yeah, I don't think he's on IR though. I'm not sure if he's on IR or not. He's supposed to come back, I think. I think he's supposed to be able to come back before the end of the season. Taylor Decker, he's on the pup list. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he, even if Greg Robinson is bad. You know, maybe the other guy can come back and, and fill in for him, but uh, it, it, it's a hell of a position to have question marks about headed into the season. I can tell you that much. Yeah, yeah. It looks like uh, well, and they just let uh, oh, because Robinson beat out um, Cyrus Quangio. Quangio. I, I I know I'm not pronouncing that right, and I apologize. <laughs> I know that's sort of a running Twitter joke with this podcast is my name pronunciation, and I'm just go ahead and own up to it right now. But uh, Cyrus I K. Think you, I actually think you pronounced it correctly. That's the funny part. <laughs> well, I'll be damned. <laughs> well, today's not going all bad, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, and they just cut him yesterday. So, I mean, Greg Rams kind of last minute saying, which I guess also is probably a good sign that they anticipate Decker you know, that his recovery and rehab and everything is on, on track so that he should be back in the mix for them early. But I, I guess, cause I wonder is like, is this, I mean, like, I think everyone has sort of picked the Packers to win that division, which, you know, makes sense. I understand that. And, and that's an easy one to default to, but I guess I just wonder if like, is this lions team good enough to challenge them? I think they are, um, it's just hard to have faith in them. Yeah. 
I, I think it's hard for any of us if you've seen the Lions get so close and fail almost every time. At some point, you just you just kind of figure that's how it's gonna go. Yeah, and so you don't want to get your hopes up. Uh, but there's no doubt they've got plenty of talent, and they got more than enough talent to compete. Yeah, uh, they you know, Ziggy Ansah hasn't played all offseason. He says he's gonna be ready for week one, but we haven't actually seen him. Yeah, I, don't think. I think he might have. I think he might have played in the first preseason game. I'm not sure, but you know, maybe a, a, a series at the most. So uh, they have some question marks too. Um, Especially uh, along the defensive line, uh, the one guy, uh, the defensive left end last year that kind of came out of nowhere, got hurt in the preseason, uh, and, and he's uh, he's out for the year. Uh, Kerry Hyder, yeah, he he, yeah. he got hurt in the preseason. So uh, my breakout player for them is actually going to be filling in for him, Cornelius Washington. Uh, but he's coming from a 3-4. He's been playing in a 3-4 in Chicago for the last couple of years. So uh, he, did, he did have that hit on uh, Christian Hackenberg. Yeah. He was the guy that, that destroyed him that time when <laughs> Hackenberg didn't see him coming. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how he does when he's actually getting blocked. And yeah. the quarterback actually knows he's coming. So uh, you, you want to say they have a shot. But it's the Detroit Lions. Yeah, uh, there's one. They're one of those teams where, no, nah, bro, you got to show me. <laughs> I believe it after I see it, and not a second before. <laughs> yeah, I saw that going around out too. I mean, not, not to conflate quarterback wins, but everyone was kind of when Stafford's contract news broke the other day. Everyone was passing around that tweet about the Lions' records. Like, well, I mean, you can't blame Stafford for the Lions' record. I mean, there's a lot of other factors. Lions get a lion, you know, <laughs> that goes into that. I Staying in that division, you know, someone who I have been sort of um, impressed with this preseason, and I've watched the Vikings. I, got, I went back and watched some of the Vikings play because I, I just – I can't ever fucking figure out what to make of the Vikings this year. Like, they hadn't scored a touchdown in the preseason yet. And, like, I don't, you know, tend to get too alarmed over preseason stuff, but – at the same time, it's like, well, this is a team that wasn't exactly an offensive dynamo, dynamo last year. You know what I mean? But uh, but I have been impressed with Dalvin Cook. I mean, I, I feel like that looks like a pretty good addition to that offense. Yeah, he's definitely definitely been as advertised. You know, the, the question marks about Dalvin Cook came from uh, the fact that his times, his combine times and stuff, didn't seem to match up with what you saw on film. Yeah, he looks so much faster in the game than 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 whatever it was he ran. I can't remember off the top of my head, but so so you got to go back and look and say, well, you know, what what is this? Are are we seeing things wrong? Maybe there's slower players that's making him look faster or what? But that that speed and quickness that we saw from him at Florida State has translate translated well to the NFL so far. Now it's still preseason. And so it's going to speed up a lot come next week. But so far the tape looks a lot more accurate than the times at the combine. Yeah. So uh, he, he's a guy that I think is going to be electric. He's a home run hitter. And he's also going to be tough in between the tackles too. I think they didn't give him enough credit for doing that uh, in, uh, on the college level, but he's a guy that can, he can run inside or outside. So, uh, th- you know, 
I, I still have question marks about the offensive line, of course. Uh, they they brought in uh, Riley Reef at left tackle, and we'll see how that works out for them. So uh, we'll see. Uh, and, and, of course, they got your boy, uh, Bradford, still back there at quarterback. <laughs> and, and it, it again, you talk about hard to trust. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I hope, uh, you know, we 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 kind of pull for Mike Zimmer. I think he's been kind of a straight shooter type yeah. guy, uh, but I think that defense is going to be awesome. I think, uh, like you said, Dalvin Cook should 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 have he should be contending for the offensive player of the uh, offensive rookie of the year. I should yeah. say, um, but I'm not sure how much success they're going to have this season. Yeah. I'm just not, it's hard for me to trust Sam Bradford in any circumstance, <laughs> but especially when I don't trust his offensive line. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. You know, it's uh if you had, if he had, if he had an okay offensive line, I mean, you could almost, it, even then though, it's just like, man, it's just like play after play. It's four yards of the truth. And that's just like, you can only you can only do so much with a with dump offs to the flat, you know, before it catches up with you in the rest of the in the the rest of the NFL. I mean, a seventy don't get me wrong, a seventy one percent completion rate is impressive as long as you don't slide your eyes over and look at the yards per attempt number there. But right, that team needs Bridgewater back, and it sounds like they're being smart with that. They're gonna he'll be on the. I mean, by all indications, they haven't confirmed it yet will be on the reserve pup list to start the season. That's a smart move because then that rolls over a year of his contract so it doesn't leave the Vikings high and dry without – because Bradford's a free agent after this season too, so it doesn't leave the Vikings completely high and dry without a quarterback on the roster. Um, no no offense to Case Keenum for 2018. But, but I mean, I, I'm glad to see that they're not rushing Bridgewater because that was a pretty serious – I mean, I remember a year ago – today discussing that you know on this podcast how just how fucking serious that knee injury was yeah it, it just it, uh, talking about uh helicoptering him to yeah. the hospital and stuff like that and rushing him and maybe losing the whole leg and, yeah. and stuff of that matter and, and at one point i think they were saying that his life might have been in danger yeah so it, it was something that we hadn't really heard much of a situation like that much before, if at all, yeah. where a guy just drops back to pass and, and his leg gives, gives way that way. Um, I, I'm glad I wasn't there to see it. That's for sure. Yeah. And I'm glad it didn't happen on TV because you can, I can promise you the, the networks would have showed it again. <laughs> that's oh, just yeah. kind of how they do it. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm not even sure, man, if you, if you saw that, how do you even continue to practice? Yeah. Uh, and I've seen, look, I've seen compound fractures and stuff like that uh, and, and had to continue playing in the game, but it was hard. Yeah. Uh, it just throws your whole perspective off. Yeah. When you can look and see your, your, your teammate's leg going the wrong direction. So, uh, you know, I, I'm thankful for him that it seems like it's healing better than most people anticipated. But it does seem like he still has a very long way to go. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like I say, I mean, I, I'm rooting for him, just not just, you know, just for a lot of reasons. I mean, I, I like that guy. I want, him, I want to see, not just because of the injury, but, you know, you go back to all the bullshit he had to deal with when he was a draft prospect coming to the NFL and everything. And, you know, I, 
there's not many players I'm in the NFL right now I'm rooting for more than Teddy Bridgewater. So we shall see. Oh man, a week! I can't believe it, Stephen. We're gonna have like this time next week, like real football to talk about. Really, really. Like, uh, yeah, a lot of these guys that, that we've been uh, watching in the preseason, and they're on the bubble, and if they're gonna make it you know, next week, they might be making a play. Might might be playing playing in the game at the crucial moment and making a big play in the game. And so it's always fun for me. Uh, watching all these preseason games and then seeing some of those back of the roster guys yeah. who make it show up on the first week of the season. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fun too. Like you go all the way back to like, I think about all the work we put in, you know, in the spring with the draft and stuff. And then you start to see those guys pop up and it's just a lot of fun. And then the best part, like the early, my favorite thing in the early, early season is two weeks from now after, after everybody's played one game is going to be, the sheer level of overreaction from that first week of football. It's so funny because look, we start the off season and, and we say, well, don't overreact to the draft or don't overreact yeah. to free agency. And we still overreact. Oh, yeah. And then we get to training camp and say, how it is this is a preseason and preseason games. Don't overreact. This doesn't really mean that much. And then we turn around and overreact. And so next week is just going to be par for the course Except it means something now. Yeah. And so, you know, those comment sections are going to be lighting up. Oh, man. The lines at local sports radio talk are going to be lighting up. Either they're going to think that their team is the best thing since sliced bread, or they want to fire the coach after week one. Oh. So uh, the, the passion is <laughs> really bright <laughs> when you talk about NFL fans. And, you know, why wait? Why wait? Just go ahead and get it out the way. Throw your hot take out there. Why wait to you know four or five weeks to see how your team actually is? Go ahead and make you a big announcement about them after week one. Yeah. Let's see how that works for you. Yeah, no, I like start like I would maybe even go ahead and put a deposit down on Super Bowl tickets right now if I were you. I mean, why not? <laughs> I mean, why not? It's a good investment. Just you know, it, it'll be fine, especially if Blake Bortles is starting for you in week one. So. Just, just go, go right ahead and lay, lay a little money down. Man, Stephen, I'm hyped though. I tell you what, I, I am, I am ready to go. It's gonna be fun, and uh, shall we? Uh, we shall reconvene and uh, do this again next week. How's that sound? Oh man, I can't wait. We'll be getting ready to preview the games for the weekend, and it, I, look. I'm already jacked up. I don't move past the games tonight, and I'm just ready for next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's hard to get hyped for the fourth preseason game when you got the real thing starting in a week. So uh, we'll have a we will have a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm.